everybody, welcome to another episode. Thank you so much for being here. Do you have something you've always wanted to try but have been too afraid to try? Maybe you thought the dream was too big or the goal was too out of reach. Maybe you thought you were too old or too young. Maybe you felt like you didn't have the resources you need to achieve that dream. I'm right there with you. We're all working through our insecurities and our fears to achieve the dreams that we really want to achieve in life. And I want to show you that it's really easy to break this goal down into bite-sized pieces so that you can be on your way to achieving your goal. So that's what today's episode is all about. Again, this is from Imperfection Sessions. And at the end of the episode, I actually have a free challenge for you to join called Just Create, the Just Create Challenge, where you pick one thing and over the next five weeks, we work together in achieving that goal and that dream. Trust me, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be no pressure, just just an experiment for all of us to join in together and really just be vulnerable with one another to, to provide encouragement and inspiration and to just make the little baby steps towards our dreams. So please feel free to join in that. The link is going to be below. And yes, so please enjoy today's episode. And until next week, next week, we're going to get started with another series, which I'm really excited about. I'm really excited to share with you. But until then, you guys, please be safe, be well, and enjoy the episode. Okay. All right. Everybody, good morning. Welcome to day 14. Yay. We have done it. We've officially done it. Um, 14 days of encouragement um, for creatives and for people in general. Um, But yes, it's day 14. So I'm excited. I was really nervous starting this thing out. I was really trying to figure out, should I even do it? Is this even like a thing? Will people even watch and listen? But I've been surprised by a lot of people watching and listening and people who can resonate with what I'm saying. And so for that, I thank you. Thanks for joining me. Happy Saturday. Yay. So For the past 13 days, we've been talking about uh, things that kind of relate to creatives or, like I said, people in general who have goals or who want to do things, we're too afraid. We've talked about perfectionism. We've talked about treating yourself like a child, giving yourself permission to do it badly, giving yourself permission to get it wrong. Um, And today I kind of want to talk more about giving yourself permission to just try, to just create the thing. We have a laundry list of things that that we really want to try. We have so many things that we've, you know, written down in our notebook secretly or shared with a friend, like in conversation and said, hey, you know, I really want to do this. But we never really give ourselves permission to try it. We never give ourselves permission to do it badly. And so we talk about perfectionism and how that can be a trap, how that can be. Um, it could be a trap because you're burdened with being perfect right out the gate when you should just give yourself permission to just try. You know what I mean? Um, we've also talked about how fear of what other people will think of you will have you um, ensnared. So that's the scripture that we reference that says the fear of people is a, is a snare. Um, and so it's a trap because instead of doing what you really want to do, you're too worried and bogged down by what other people will say or think of you that you won't even try, you know, to give yourself a chance. And so you end up kicking yourself in the end because you'll look back and be like, dang, I wish I did that. Or you'll end up feeling like it's too late and it's never too late. You can always try something new. You can always pivot. You can always try again. And so that's like the message that I'm really trying to promote um, with every video that I do. And if you want to check those out, please check them out. Um, they're up there. They're on my page and I've shared it on my personal page and here on this channel. So yeah, so check them out if you need to. Um, so yeah, so I kind of want to talk about the overwhelm that we feel when it comes to, I guess, trying to achieve goals. So Like I said, we have these goals and things like that that we want to do, but we're too afraid or we feel like it's too daunting. Like, say you want to write a book, right? And you're like, where do I even begin? You know what I mean? Like, and we also worry too much in the future. So it's like, I want to write a book. You haven't done the research. You haven't done the due diligence of actually writing the book. You haven't edited or anything or shared with anybody else. 
but you're worried about marketing and trying to get signed by a publisher and things that are just too big and too out of our control. And so we become fearful and feel like we have no power to really achieve these goals. And we start doubting ourselves because, yeah, we don't have any control of the future. We have no control over how people react to what we're going to do. We have no control. But silly us, we try every day to control everything, to control the narrative, the journey, how long it takes, how short it takes. Um, And we really just don't have the capacity to change any of that. All we can do is what we can do today. So we create these unnecessary roadblocks whenever we're trying to achieve the goal. So like the book, like I'm talking about, okay, I got to get signed by a big publisher. You know what I mean? And if we're not signed by a big publisher, we won't even start. We won't even begin. Um, And, you know, like I talked about, the publishing company has changed, you know, before it's like, you're sending your manuscript in and people are reading it and then maybe they'll sign you or maybe they'll, you know, promote your book or whatever. Nowadays, they want to make sure that you have a following already. And so um, for a lot of people who have like less than a thousand followers on Instagram, you already feel like, well, dang, like I can't do what I want to do because the gatekeepers are stopping me from doing what I want to do. And that's not true. If you want to write, you can always write. If you want to perform, you can perform. It might not look like what the big dream is. It might not look like, well, right away anyway, it might not look like how you've always dreamed it from a child, but there are little things that you can do today to get yourself to achieve those dreams. And I also believe that while we're starting out, while we're just giving ourselves permission, we should choose smaller goals anyway, so that they're more in reach. We can celebrate each small win and move forward and, um, in, in the process because we've, we've proven to ourselves that we're capable of hard things. So just like this video, right? I've come here for 14 days. Um, it's, it's been scary. It's been hard. Um, it's been like nerve wracking, but I've proven to myself that I can do something for 14 days because I'm not a very disciplined person. Like I'll start something and I'll put it down and I'll be like, what's the point? Or I'm easily discouraged. Right. But I'm proving to myself, okay, Alicia, you did this thing for 14 days. You showed up for 14 days at 12 o'clock. 10 o'clock on last Sunday, but 12 o'clock every day, right? So I'm proving to myself that I'm capable of keeping things going. I'm capable of doing hard things, of putting myself out there, being vulnerable. On live, I can't edit what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? It's just me talking to a camera and talking to y'all. There's nothing I can do to go back and change what I already said. If I slip up and say the wrong word, it's out there. Um, And I've shown that I'm not going to die. That's not the worst thing that could happen. One time when I was on the video last week, it cut off halfway through, right? And so that was one of my fears, like, oh no, like, but then I, but then I realized it's really not that big of a deal. I'll just upload a whole nother video. I'll just restart the live again and people join in on the second end. So by doing these things and working out the kinks, you realize that it's really not as hard as we think that it is. It's mostly just in our minds, right? And it's not to say that fear isn't real because we talked about even fearing what other people think of us and what other people say about us. It's natural. We're human. We crave like belonging. We crave acceptance. Um, I feel like that's something that God wired us, you know, wired in us. Um, But we don't, we want to make sure that we're not allowing the opinions of other people to make a trap for ourselves, a jail for ourselves. We want to be as free as possible. And also we talked about how fear is well, well well-meaning. We need fear. We need fear so that we don't touch hot things. I talked about how when I was younger, I touched my mom's hot curler, right? Um, and now because of that, because of that um, experience, I'm afraid to touch hot things. And that's a good thing because I don't want to hurt myself. Um, we fear running out in the street because we don't want to get hit by a car. So fear wants to protect us. It wants to keep us safe. It wants to keep us from harm. But the problem begins when we start to allow fear to stop us from living, to stop us from being honest and authentic to ourselves, right? Um, Yeah, like 
again, we can acknowledge fear and say, hey, thank you so much for wanting to protect me. However, I'm still going to do this thing because I know I'm not going to die. I know it's not going to be the end of the world if I try this thing. I mean, every video that I said, like I'm speaking to you, but I'm also speaking to myself. Um, So yeah, so we create these unnecessary goals and these roadblocks. And, you know, the question begins when we start this new goal, this new project, this question that comes up is, where do I even start? We try so hard to tackle the whole thing and we're not equipped, right? We talked about exercising, how you need to exercise that courage muscle. Chances are, if someone invites me to to play for, for example, if someone invited me to play for um, Coachella, I'm probably going to say no, because I'm not prepared for that. Like mentally, like physically, vocally, I'm not prepared for that. Um, but I, what I can do is take small steps today to work myself up to possibly being invited to go to Coachella. I don't know. Like this is just an example. I need to prove to myself that I can do the hard things. And so one of the things that we have to do is break down our goal into bite-sized pieces so that we can actually achieve what we want to do. So, so before we get into that, I want to say that clarity comes from movement. A lot of people are like, I don't know what the next thing to do is. I don't know what the best, you know, the best option for myself is. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know unless we do, right? Because like I talked about, the journey could be a straight line in your mind and you realize that it's filled with turns and twists and ups and downs. Um, and you navigate that and you pivot from those roadblocks that you'll run into and you'll figure out what works for you and what doesn't. If you never actually try, you'll never learn. You're nev- you'll never do something new. You'll never... Um, give yourself enough, uh, I guess, faith. You never have enough faith in yourself to do the hard things. And so clarity comes from movement. If you don't know what you should do, just do something, right? You want to write a book, start a blog, write down the skeleton for your book. You know what I'm saying? Like reach out to people who have written a book before, do something, but you sitting still in the same place, of course, you're not going to know what to do because you don't have the tools that, that you need to be equipped with to go on to the bigger thing, to go on to the next thing. You know what I'm saying? So expecting ourselves to have all the answers and come up just like that from not doing, from not experimenting, um, from not failing is, is unreasonable. It it doesn't make sense. We talked before about how we should look at our lives as experiments, or we should look at things in our lives as experiments. I brought up how the science fair project we had to do when we were kids, um, how annoying and how burdensome that was. We still learned from those experiments that it was okay to have a hypothesis in the beginning that doesn't match the conclusion right? In the beginning, it's like using the book example. I want to write a book. This is the only way I can do it. I have to build an audience and build an audience of a thousand people or whatever. And so then you try that, right? With the trials, with the trial and errors, you do that. Um, And then at the end, your conclusion could be totally different. It's like, oh, actually, I just want to go through an independent company. You know what I'm saying? Or actually, I can create a buzz by posting a blog every week or something, or I can just write a book and put it out there and try and give it to my friends to read first. And then their friends will tell their friends and their friends and so on and so on and so on. Right. You come to that conclusion from trying and failing. That's the only way that you can get the answers. And then just like at the end of those science fair projects, the question is, what would you do differently if you had to do this again? That was a question we had to answer in our little log books. Um, but, but we can still apply that same scientific method to our, to our lives, to things we want to try. If we refer to things as an experiment and not as something that's a, like, if this doesn't happen, then everything's ruined. Like, we can't put that pressure on experiments in our lives. But if we look, look at things in our lives as an experiment, we're, we're more apt and willing to try new stuff. So, yeah. So, let's talk about being an amateur. So, a lot of people avoid trying to be called an amateur. A lot of people think that being called an amateur is... Um, I guess like a jab, like it's an it, like it's an insult, and people have used this as an insult. 
But the truth is, that's not the real definition of amateur. The definition of amateur is doing something for the enjoyment of something, right? So um, you can be an amateur photographer, meaning that you don't take clients, you don't necessarily get paid for photography, but that has no say on what kind of skill you have. You can be an amateur writer. And that doesn't mean that you're a horrible writer, you're a failed writer. It just means that you write because it's fun, because it's therapeutic, because it's something you enjoy. And I feel like that definition of being an amateur has been co-opted, has been, like I said, taken um, to really create like this hierarchy of who's really a creative and who's not. Like if you're not making money from this and you're not a creative, if you're not, you know, if you're not um, holding like a pop-up shop every weekend, then you're not really a creative, you're not really an entrepreneur. And I, and I, and I disagree with that. And some amateurs do get paid to do what they do. Some people just have fun for a living. And I feel like that's possible. And that's, that's the goal for everybody, right? That everybody kind of wants to achieve. And some people don't. Some people just want to work a nine to five and that's fine too. But it's not horrible to call yourself an amateur. If anything, it's freeing. Amateurs have more fun. The pre- they don't put pressure on their art. They don't put pressure on what they do. Um, they just do it because they enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? So start owning that title of being an amateur and you'll be more willing um, you'll be more free to try new things and fail at it, right? Because who are you trying to impress but yourself? Who are you trying to who are you trying to improve but yourself, right? So I brought up the example before of my mother. She's a gardener, um, and I would call her an amateur gardener. Like she's not selling her fruits at the farmers market or whatever. But does that mean that her that her fruit is like bad? No, like no, that's not what that means. It means that she gardens because she's in, she enjoys it. She doesn't get anything monetary out of gardening. You know what I'm saying? It's a process that she enjoys. It's therapeutic. It's meditative in a lot of ways. It's beautiful to see something grow, like something you've planted with your own hands. And she has a green thumb and that's just something she's drawn to. And also feel like um, for her, it kind of brings her closer to her mom because her mom had a green thumb. And so I feel like if I were to call my mother an amateur gardener, it's not to be insulting. It's because that she actually does it for the heart of it. And I feel like sometimes when we pursue things, our heart isn't in it, which is why we, we fail, which is why we're so hard on ourselves which is why we're so so ready to let that thing go if it fails. And so that comes from society, right? This need to always be productive, this need to always make money, this need to um if this this idea of if it doesn't make money it doesn't make sense. We know that's not we know that's not true. That's from a capitalistic society saying if you don't make us money, you don't matter. If what you're doing doesn't make you money, it doesn't matter. We look at leisure as something to be earned instead of something to, to that we require that we need. We need rest. We're humans. We need to go to sleep. You know what I'm saying? But we're so busy staying up so late trying to prove our worth to people when God has already given us our worth. We can't earn it. We can't lose it. This, these, like, these are all ideas that we talked about all for the past two weeks. Um, and it's really important that we keep that in mind because we realize it's okay to be an amateur. It's okay to do things for fun. It's okay to do things as an experiment. So I'm going to give you some tips on the best way to work on your goals, right? So let's use this example of writing a book. Let's say your goal is to write a book. So let's be realistic with this goal, right? Um, it's not going to probably happen in three weeks. It's not going to happen in six. It might not happen in a month or two. It might take four months for you to write and complete a book, like from start to finish, from idea to like printed copy. And maybe even longer than that. And that's okay. Some people take years to write their books and that's totally fine. But let's just use um, four months as an example. So we have the want to write a book. And so for a lot of people, it's like, this is too overwhelming. I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what, you know, what the next step is. And for some people, they'll tell them, oh, just do it. Just write it. Like, it's not a big deal. It's fine. Like, just write it. No, like, 
sometimes it's not enough to just do it. Some things it is, sometimes it is nice to just do a thing like, oh, I want to, I want to drive this way, but I've never tried it. Well, just go. You don't need to write a whole plan about taking a new route to work, right? No, you just try it and see what happens if you have time before, before you're late for work. But with some things that are like bigger projects, we need structure. We need a system. We need something that will, um, that will help us to stay on track, right? So again, writing a book in four months. So the goal, the main goal is to write a book, right? And so what I'm starting to do with my own projects is since I have four months, have a step each month that, or a phase each month that I want to get to. So for writing a book, it could be brainstorming, writing, actually writing the book. So brainstorming and researching one, like during month one, writing the book actually for the second month, editing it for the third month and finalizing it and like ready to like sell in the fourth month, right? So for month one, because the um, focus is brainstorming and researching for those four weeks in that month, I can break that process down even further. And for each week in that month, you can break that process down even further than that, right? So for example, month one, brainstorming and researching. So the first one is researching a certain topic. Let's say you're writing about flowers, right? So for the first week, you just need to like find all the information about flowers, um, all about the specific flowers that you want to um, want to uh, focus on. So that's a whole other step, right? Focusing in on what you really want to write about. So say, let's say you want to write about orchids. Okay, so you want to write orchid about write about orchids. You do the research in the first week to find all the stuff that you can about orchids. You're you're trying to um, write a book and explain how orchids are like people, for example, and how the temperament of orchids can be like the temperament of a person. So that maybe that could be like your research. The second week could be polling people and asking them, what do they like about orchids? Asking people who are in communities where they garden, what do you know about orchids? Can you tell me some things? Can, can, I, can you give me a kit so that I can start to grow an orchid so I can see like what it's, what it's actually like? Um, yeah, like actually polling the communities you know, actually making that connection. And of course, these are just examples. You don't have to do it like this. So then the third week could be organizing those notes, like taking everything you brainstormed and researched, taking everything you took from other people and putting it into something that you can understand, that you can make sense out of, right? And then that fourth week out of researching and brainstorming is writing an outline from everything you studied. Okay, cool. So we've, bro- we've broken down writing a book. The first step is researching. And so that, what do I need to research? What flower am I focusing on? Like going to the small, small de- details and making them into bite-sized pieces is the best way to pursue a goal. So then you go to month two, which is writing. So maybe every day of that month, you plan to write, I don't know, 250 words. I don't know, like however many words you want to write, writing 250 words a day. So if you write 250 words a day, right, that's going to add up to a lot of words by the end of the month. I haven't done the math, (laughs) but that's going to add up to a lot of words by the end of the month. And so from that, you'll realize, okay, so it's not so daunting to write this book. I don't have to write this book in a week, right? I have four weeks to write this book. And, even, and you could take longer if you need to, shorter than you need to, whatever, whatever works for you and your schedule. Then month three is editing. So the first week you can just read the whole thing over, right? Then you could edit it and while you're reading it. The second week could be sharing it with other people, having um, beta readers, like people to read your book. We talked about calling things beta because when you call things beta, like in um, software or whatever, we know it's gonna have glitches. We know it's gonna be messed up. We know it's probably gonna crash, right? But we're more um, giving um, when, when things are called beta because we know it's not perfect. So if you call your art, if you call your creation beta, people will already expect it to not be perfect. And so that pressure won't be on you for it to be perfect, right? 
So the first weekend is having them read. So you read over it yourself. Second week is you give it to other people to read and they'll like write their notes. The third week, you can use those notes to make the changes you want to make. And the fourth week is to go back and read it all over again and see if it's to, I guess, like the quality you want your book to be, right? So then month four in this one goal, right? Finalizing the draft, right? So for the first week, you finalize it. The second week, you come up with a marketing plan. Third week, you create a budget and a buzz. And the fourth week, you release the book, right? And so again, this is an example. I don't know if this is how writing books should really work, but I'm showing you that you can have a big goal and actually achieve it by breaking it down into smaller, more bite-sized goals, daily steps that you can take every day that aren't going to overwhelm you, that you know, like you can actually um, follow your progress to know if you're on track or not versus you just kind of being like, I want to write a book. Okay. Like, let's, I'm just going to write the book. And in previous years, that's how I've done things. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to write it. I'm just going to keep writing. And then you're writing forever. And then you don't really know, like, how you're going to market this. You don't really know, like, how you're going to um, sell it or share it or whatever. Um, and, and I really feel like structure sometimes works better when the goals are just too big. So that can be a process of its own, of course, like selling the book, like marketing is a whole other thing so that you can create a whole other, you know, timeline for that. Right. But the whole goal is to remain open to the process, the process. So when you call your things a beta version of something, when you call yourself an amateur, when you call yourself like an experimenter, like someone who's just trying something out, it doesn't mean that you're less of that thing that you're saying you're an amateur of. If I call myself an amateur photographer, it doesn't mean that I'm less of a photographer, right? I've thought about going back to being an amateur photographer because I wanted to get that love back for photography that I lost from trying to be professional. When we try to put the pressure of making money and um, getting accolades from other people, getting likes, you start to work for those things instead of working from your heart. And I think for myself, like calling myself an amateur photographer took the pressure off and it allowed me to experiment with things I always wanted to experiment with, like personal projects. And so when you call yourself an amateur, you remain open to that process. You're open to more learning opportunities. Like you don't see yourself failing as like the end all be all. Like it's done. We're done with this. We can't do anything more with this. No, like you say, oh, that didn't work. Okay, what can I do differently now? Just like we talked about the, the scientific experiment in, in elementary school. Um, what can I learn from this? What can I do differently? What isn't working for me? How can I try something else and see if that works for me instead? I mentioned about exercising. My goal is to get in shape, but I hate the gym. I hate it. It's not fun. I've tried it and I've tried to force myself to go and be like, what's wrong with me? Like, why, why am I so like against, you know, going to the gym? And instead of being down on myself and being like, girl, like you failing because you don't like going to the gym. No, find something you actually enjoy. I like going outside. I like going for walks. I like riding my bike. I like playing sports. Why can't I use those things that I like to get in shape? I'm more likely to go ride my bike than go to the gym. I'm more likely to go for a walk in the morning than I am to like pack all my stuff in a, in a, in a bag to take with me to the gym, worry about like social distancing at this point. Like it's just, it's just too much. <laughs> it's too much. And because of all these steps in the way, I'm not going to do it, right? But when I get up in the morning, I'm like, okay, let me just put on my sneakers and walk out the door. That's easy. That's simple. That's something I can manage. And that's something I had to learn about myself. And so in the same way, you're more open to learning about yourself. You're more open to pivoting. You're more open to the changes, right? And so you can focus in on what you like and what you don't like without it being the end of the world. Maybe you start a project and you realize you actually don't like it. It's not a big deal to throw the whole thing away because you're not that tied to it. Your identity is not tied into this project, right? So with things like this, community is also key. So not only are systems good for you, but also like having a community around you, 
to encourage you, inspire you, hold you accountable. That stuff is important. Like sometimes it's good to tell your friends, people who you can trust, people who aren't just going to like trash your idea and make you feel stupid. It's good to tell people what you want to do because they can hold you accountable. They can, oh, hey, I remember you told me about that thing. What have you done this week to like pursue your goal, right? And tell them what the intention of them holding you accountable. Don't downplay it. Don't make yourself like more palatable to other people. Don't do that. Like be honest. I want to be a singer. Here's what I really want to do. Like, you know what I'm saying? And again, people you trust. So it's not going to break your heart if they, you know, say something um, constructively constructively critical of of what you're doing, right? You want to be, you want to be in a good headspace to be able to be able to accept what they're saying. And so if you tell someone you trust, like, this is what I want to do, someone will hold you accountable, you know, if you ask them to like, hey, what have you done this week to pursue your goal, right? And so um, accountability is a good thing, but also encouragement. If you're in there and you're sharing something with a friend and saying, hey, I want to do this. And your friend says to you, I want to do this, right? And it doesn't have to be the same thing. But just because you two are on the same page, trying to achieve something that you're afraid to try or do or something you need permission to do, you're more apt to like follow through with it because you have a partner. It's like going to the gym with a partner. Now I'm more apt to go to the gym if someone will go with me, but I'm probably not gonna go by myself, right? So if we both go, then I feel like I'm in the ring with somebody else. I'm not, I'm not in the arena by myself and people are screaming at me and throwing trash at me and I'm here bearing it all by myself. It feels good to look to my side and know that people are in it with me. Just like playing sports. When you're, on the, when you're on the court or the field or whatever, when someone's playing with you, you don't feel alone. You feel like someone has your back. All the responsibility is not on you. And so you need a teammate to join and help you to achieve whatever goal you're trying to achieve, you know? And so I have created an experiment. I'm trying something new. It's called the Just Create Challenge. And so the whole point is that you pick one goal, one goal, And I know that's hard, especially for like people who are multi-passionate and have um, a lot of things they want to try, like different parts of their lives, but just pick one goal so it's not overwhelming. And for six weeks, you do something every day or every week to try to pursue this goal. So it can be a creative goal. It could be physical. um, It could be financial. It could be, you know, good for your health, whatever. Like it's not supposed to be perfect. It's supposed to be a messy first draft. It's supposed to be something you're willing to fail, right? Something you're willing to fail to learn something new about yourself. Um, So it can be something you always wanted to try, something you always wanted to finish, something you always felt like you needed needed to have permission to do it, right? And so this is your permission slip. This is your chance to try something new with very little commitment, very little expectations. Just try something new and do it and see what happens, right? And so for each week, for that one goal, you're going to break that goal into six steps for each week, right? And then every week, you're going to do small little steps to get you further and further and closer and closer to the goal that you want to achieve. Simple as that. It's really easy. So along with that, there's going to be tools and resources. I'm going to come live just like I'm here like this, um, talking and encouraging people. There's also like some journal prompts and stuff that you get. It's all free. It's all just for fun. This is just an experiment that we can all do together. Um, And if you're interested, I have the link um, in the description and you can click that link and sign up for the project. And so at the end of the six weeks, it begins August 2nd. So you have time to figure out what you want to do. Um, But at the end of the six weeks, we're going to share what we did and we're all going to be vulnerable. This is just a beta version of what we're doing. (laughs) This is just an experiment, but I'm really excited to share this with you guys. Um, I'm really hoping that you join and that you can see what you're capable of, that you can prove to yourself um, that you're capable of hard things. So yeah, Um, so that's that for today. Again, the link is below. You can sign up. Um, It's free. 
There's no commitment. <laughs> Even if you just want to join and see what other people are doing, that's fine too, because that's taking a step in the right direction. But the pressure is off. It's just fun. It's just creative. It's just fun um, just to play around and treat yourself like a kid again. Do stuff for, for the fun of it, right? Um, so yeah, so that's that's it for today. Um, thank you so much for showing up here for the past 14 days. Thanks so much for your encouragement and your love. Even if you decide not to join the challenge, that's okay. Do stuff that you want to do. Try new things. Experiment. Treat yourself like a child. Be kind to yourself. Go back and rewatch the videos. I know I will be because I need those reminders and I have to remind myself on a daily basis to have grace with myself, to not be so critical, to not be so to see myself, to not be so rigid with myself, right? We're just all trying to figure it out. We have, we don't have the answers. We're just trying to figure out the answers. And even those who have the answers, those are answers for themselves. They might not work for you, you know? So again, thank you so much. And until next time, so somebody told me that they like me coming here so that I should do it. I should keep doing it. And so I think I will keep doing it, um, but it's just going to be less frequent. So maybe like once a week or something instead of like every day. Um, But either way, thank y'all so much. And until I talk to y'all again, Have a wonderful weekend. Happy Saturday. And I hope to see y'all in the challenge and on August 2nd. Okay. So have a great day. Bye.